first there was darkness. Then there was shingles. Oh, Jesus! Oh, God! Oh! Yeah, pretty gross. The truth is the pain hurt so much I couldn't shave my head or put on my hat and glasses. It's bizarre. But even that ain't gonna keep me from getting y'all a Nostalgia Critic video this week. So, in this audio-only vid, we're gonna talk about something we've talked about a lot on this channel, Tom and Jerry. We've talked about the good, the bad, and the... Jesus. But we never have narrowed down what the absolute best of the best is when it comes to the iconic duo. With so much phenomenal writing, creative slapstick, and blood-curling screams. It's strange to think I never just sat down and listed what I thought were the best shorts of this timeless team-up. So, because even on a sick day I want to work, I'm gonna give you what I think is their top 11 best shorts. Why top 11? Because I'm sick, okay? I'll get you a review next week. This is the top 11 best Tom and Jerry episodes. Number 11. The Flying Cat. Nothing too much to say about this one apart from, it's just funny. <laughs> Tom tries to gobble up a house canary, but when Jerry saves him from his clutches, Tom improvises turning a girdle into a pair of wings. This idea is simple, yet creative. We've seen plenty of cartoons that invent something that makes them fly, but something about Tom with those pink wings really seems to stay with people. Anyone who sees this episode remembers it. Part of that too is the slapstick is just ungrayed. Tom's expressions whenever something goes wrong are delightfully clueless. The sound effects every time he's hit are creatively painful. And having Tom in the air sets up a lot of inventive scenarios. The short also has a lot of good buildup from Tom slowly approaching Jerry, from the music holding on this one suspenseful note until Tom's completely off-frame. Also, I don't know about you, but my nether regions hurt like hell whenever I watch this. Thank god they all have Ken genitalia or their screams would be very high-pitched. Not too much else to talk about, it's just a solid short with some solid laughs. Number 10. The Night Before Christmas. This is one of their earlier shorts, so you'll notice their design and even screams are a little different. <laughs> Truth be told, the slapstick is only okay in this one, as they were still trying to find their footing. But honestly, it still has some good animation, all-around good atmosphere. Jerry starts playing with toys under the tree on Christmas Eve, resulting in Tom chasing him down. After a lot of back-and-forth shenanigans, Tom throws him out of the house into a snowstorm, and in a rather sweet moment, he fears for his safety. He leaves the door open, hoping he'll find his way back, and when he doesn't, he goes searching for him on his own. It's one of the few times in the Hanna-Barbera days the two really end up caring about each other, in a way that's done right, and it results in a fair amount of heart. The backgrounds are also gorgeous in this, really giving this short an elegant and warm feel. When you're outside, you really feel the bitter cold, and when you're inside, the heat of the fire comes across so strong you practically feel warmed up yourself. On top of that, there's just Christmas everywhere in this. The imagery, the constant choir singing carols, and of course, the spirit of caring at the end. Well, not one of the funnier ones, it is one of the more emotional ones. It makes you want to snuggle up under a blanket and watch it with a warm cup of hot chocolate. With an occasional electric current here and there. It's good holiday-friendly stuff.
Number nine. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Mouse. This one certainly dives into the mad scientist tropes that were so popular at the time. Jerry keeps stealing Tom's milk no matter how many times he hides it. Tom gets his revenge, though, by putting in, I don't know, chemicals that aren't that different from what we put in milk. Resulting in, weirdly enough, the opposite reaction. Jerry becomes stronger than ever, but it has a limited lifespan, meaning he has to keep juicing in order to keep kicking Tom's ass. In a nice twist, Jerry makes the same concoction, but when Tom steals it and drinks it, it has the same effect, making him the size Jerry was when he took it. In fact, it works too well, making him smaller and smaller to where Jerry can whoop him without the milkroids. On top of the slapstick being on point, there's a ton of fun little details. As mentioned before, there's a lot of trademarks of old mad scientists and monster movies, incorporating a lot of shadow work, puffs of smoke with bubbling liquids, bubbles! and inventive transformations. All they had to do is make Jerry drink this stuff and grow muscles. But instead, he goes through this weird process that's like starting up a car with an engine that's about to explode. Even the way Jerry walks with the slow musical score is very reminiscent of giant, towering threats walking slowly towards their prey. Only in this case, it's funnier because he isn't towering over Tom at all. Whether it's for its little touches or bombastic violence, this cartoon is both the civilized and beastly side of zaniness covered. Number eight. Jerry's cousin. This has to be one of my favorite Tom and Jerry characters, and for whatever reason, he's only used in this one episode. Muscles is Jerry's incredibly thick cousin, whom just so happens to look exactly like him. When Tom's antics are getting too much for Jerry, he reaches out to Muscles for help, and surprisingly, they don't do the Switch identity scenario. Not until the end, at least. Muscles beats the shit out of Tom, and every time he tries to fight back or even build his own muscle, he gets his ass handed to him. After recruiting cats from a Norm Macdonald movie and still losing, Tom surrenders unaware that Jerry has finally taken his place at the end. The overall attitude of this episode is great, and so much of that comes from the over-the-top tough guy routine. Muscles is just a great character. His design is great despite him looking like Jerry with a chipmunk shirt. I don't know why Cartoon Rodents wear these. And his voice? Listen, pussycat. Don't let me catch you picking on my little cousin while I'm around. I don't even know what that voice is, but I love it. Relax, cousin. Nothing's gonna happen. It's like Terry Malloy if he was played by Harvey Firestein. Everything about this character is hilarious. Well, so long, cousin. These hit cats are also pretty great, despite only having a few seconds of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like every new character you just get right away because of how comedically fast they have to get them across. You instantly understand their identity in a few seconds. Obviously the violence centering around both the on-screen and off-screen strength of muscles is what makes it so uniquely fun. I really feel like they could have done more with this guy in a similar vein like what they did with Droopy suddenly becoming strong when he gets angry and beats somebody up. Maybe he's like Popeye Spinach, like he's Jerry's last-minute solution, or they could have played with some creative ways to actually defeat him. Like maybe Tom comes up with a concoction, like from the last one we were talking about. I don't know, I just feel like there's so many opportunities with this guy. 
Still, what we did get was pretty great, and led to one hell of a funny episode. Number 7. Mice Follies. Yeah, I had to work in at least one episode with Tuffy in there. Lord knows, gotta make up for what they did with them later. <laughs> While the slapstick and humor are all on point, that's not what makes this short stand out. What makes it stand out is the surprisingly simple beauty of it. Jerry and Tuffy fill the kitchen with water and then freeze it by rewiring the fridge. This turns the entire room into a skating rink, which naturally Tom chases them around. There's been a lot of skating scenarios in cartoons before, but this time they take to really letting you enjoy the creativity and, in a strange way, wonder of this setup. And it is really appreciated. Even just filling the kitchen with water, they really let you enjoy both what a silly but also kind of whimsical visual this is with the music playing a big part in pulling you in. Speaking of music, I think every kid immediately recognizes the Sleeping Beauty ballet from, well, Sleeping Beauty. And while yes, most kids are probably gonna think of that first, it's hard to think of another piece of music that would make this feel as weirdly elegant. Just look at the image of this frozen kitchen. It's almost like a surreal painting you'd see in a museum. And when the action gets going, it is still really funny. But the punch is still jolting Tom out of his sense of worth. And one of my favorite reactions with him flying into the basement and readying his revenge. I love how you have to piece together what happened here. He dived headfirst into a bucket. It was so hard, he burst a hole in it. He turned himself right side up, unable to get it off, and just kept it on as a metal skirt, I guess, and grabbed a weapon to fight back on his way upstairs. The expression on his face is definitely one that has gone through all that. Ending on what I consider another classic visual with Tom getting frozen, frozen today. today. Hey, two callbacks. This is both a very funny and surprisingly kind of enchanting animated short. Jerry and the Lion A lion escapes the circus and befriends Jerry, hoping he can get him home to the jungle. Jerry agrees, but only after he helps to take out another feline who has a talent of interrupting plans. This one is funny for all the reasons you'd think it'd be funny. The lion, I swear, must have been loosely inspired by Wizard of Oz with his voice and demeanor. Yet, he still comes across enough as his own unique character and not a ripoff. So you'll help me get back to the jungle, please? Jerry and him make a good team up, as Tom is never sure if it's actually a lion in his house or if Jerry somehow became miraculously strong. It has a lot of classic staples you'd associate with the best Tom and Jerry jokes, like Tom holding his chin out defiantly urging to be hit, only to get exactly what he asked for. How can you not laugh at that face of undiluted cockiness just begging to be obliterated? It plays a proportion, surprising both the foil and the audience and it has one of the funniest combinations of Tom's scream when he thinks he's cornered Jerry in a closet, not knowing the lion is in there with him. <laughs> that first initial smack sounds so surprised, let down, and painful all in one grunt. <laughs> it ends with Jerry pointing the lion on a boat to Africa, and though brief, you do feel a legit friendship between these two as, once again, the beautiful background and somber music leaves us on a bittersweet but still kind of nice moment. Goodbye. Goodbye, pal. So long. 
it's a funny short with a good friendship, great timing, and a whole bunch of hilarious yells. <laughs> Number five. Heavenly Puss. This is probably one of the darkest episodes. It literally opens with Tom dying and going to heaven, being told that if he doesn't get forgiveness from the one he wronged, being Jerry, he'll burn in hell for all eternity. <laughs> this could be played for laughs, and in much of the cartoon it is, but there's also a lot of heavy and even disturbing moments. Probably the most unsettling one being a bag of drowned kittens making their way to the pearly gates. What some people won't do. God damn, Tom and Jerry. It even ends with Tom not making it in time and going to hell. <laughs> this short ain't fooling around. Well, actually it is, it was all a dream. But still, if you're a kid watching, this isn't the usual fare you'd expect out of Tom and Jerry. Hurry, Tom, hurry. It does result in a nice enough ending, and of course there are the usual follies, but there's also a little bit more weight to this one. There's a legit sense of dread hoping Tom gets Jerry's forgiveness while hopping through a series of what should be simple hoops like Jerry not believing him or even just a pen not working. But in the moment, these seconds are literally defining his life. Oh, the fact that it does take a more somber tone is interesting though. Even this train conductor doesn't really have a silly or zany voice, it's more of a kind elderly angel who really wants Tom to succeed, but knows he had several chances while he was living as well. Uh, with a record like that, I can't let you through. I'm sorry, Tom. If you can obtain the signature of that little mouse, you will be permitted to pass. It's a different kind of feel, but it is still Tom and Jerry. And despite it getting so heavy, it never quite loses track of that. If you haven't checked this one out, there's a sure chance in hell you'll find it interesting. Number four. Mouse in Manhattan. This is another one that relies less on slapstick and more on atmosphere, as Jerry decides he's done fighting with Tom in the middle of nowhere and makes his way to the big city, only to find out it's not everything it's cracked up to be. This obviously has a tip of the hat to the town mouse and the country mouse, with Jerry entering a world he thinks he'll adore but ends up getting swallowed up by it and yearning for his original home. Tom only shows up at the beginning and end, focusing mainly on Jerry's adventure, but its visual storytelling told through the stylized backgrounds, elegant music, and Jerry's expressions really do make it a magical yet still threatening journey. The city is made to look so grand and beautiful, really capturing the artistry of many New York landmarks. But it also has that sense of foreboding, like something is lurking in the shadows and can get you at any moment. It's definitely a short you watch for how visually pleasing it is as opposed to the humor, which is not to say it doesn't have its funny moments. Honestly, this whole short is worth it just to look at the backgrounds alone, with the colors that both leap out at you but feel comfortably settled. You can't say this doesn't capture the size and awe, but also intensity and mayhem of a major city. I really enjoy too when he returns and he bumps his head on the home sweet home sign and smiles, as if to say, yeah, it's not perfect, but that's part of what makes it home. It's a nice little touch. It's a great 
short with great imagery, great music, and an obvious but still admirable lesson. Number three. Cat Concerto. This is the Tom and Jerry cartoon that won them an Academy Award. And not without controversy, we'll get to that in a bit. The setup once again is very simple. Tom is playing Hungarian Rhapsody for a packed house, but Jerry lives inside the piano and starts messing up his performance due to Tom interrupting his nap. This is one where the timing and music take center stage. The way they take this piece of music and animate it to comedic violence goes hand in... Mousetrap. As the piece keeps building, so does the slapstick, resulting in a great third act where Jerry takes over playing and traps Tom in a loop where he just keeps trying to end the piece, but Jerry keeps starting it over. It's both great to watch and great to listen to. It's almost like a comedic fantasia working in elegant animation that matches every beat of the music except when it needs to break off to get a laugh. If you want proof of how well this is done, look at another short that was nominated the same year for an Academy Award with the exact same premise but from a different studio, Rhapsody Rabbit. Just about everything about this setup is the same, including the music. The only difference is, thankfully, the jokes. To this day, nobody knows if this was plagiarism or coincidence. And while neither director accused the other of thievery, Joseph Barbera did famously bring up that Tom and Jerry fighting this scenario makes sense. But what's a rabbit doing with a mouse? There's a good video by Toon Raider discussing the controversy you should check out, and while I do like Rhapsody Rabbit a lot, there's no contest. Cat Concerto is definitely done better. The jokes feel more natural and organic, not just with the cat and mouse team up, but also in the way they're naturally structured and built upon each other. Bugs Bunny ends with the mouse pulling out a mini piano to best him. It's not nearly as clever as Jerry forcing Tom to play the finale over and over to death just because it's artistically pleasing. <laughs> It's amazing music and amazing animation with an amazing coincidence. Number two. Saturday Evening Puss. So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore. This was almost number one for me, but the top spot is just a little bit better. That's just to give you an idea about how absolutely hilarious this is. Again, kind of depending on which one you see. Again, we'll get to that in a bit. Tom's owner goes out for the night, allowing him to throw a party, once again waking up Jerry from his slumber. Obviously, he tries to put a stop to the noise, and hijinks ensue. The zany imagery, slapstick, and voice acting all take center stage. Not only do they find clever ways to play instruments that aren't normally instruments, as well as visually show how Jerry is being driven nuts by all of it. But we get to hear some of the funniest gibberish out of Jerry. And of course, a plethora of palpable pain. The party environment is a lot of fun and keeps the energy high, but by far what cements this as a classic is the ending. Jerry calls the owner, letting her know what's going on, and all that has to happen is she returns home and throws them out. One, two, done. Honestly, just this edit would be totally serviceable. Excuse me! 
but that's not what happens. This is a joke that builds upon itself so much, I actually have to count the layers to it. There's her getting a call and rushing out. There's her running so fast she makes a car engine noise. There's her arriving so pissed she doesn't burst through the door, but rather with the door. There's Tom and the others so clueless they just open the door like any other guest. There's the combination of her reaction and their reaction. There's Tom trying to close the door thinking that'll save him. There's the owner so filled with anger that the door breaks through her arm. There's her arm stopping Tom from leaving. There's a massacre she's unloading on them that's so big you can see it from far away. There's them getting kicked out of the house. And finally, there's them getting hit so hard they form a totem pole. That's 11 layers of comedy in a span of 20 seconds. Goddamn phenomenal. And the sad thing is, this isn't the ending everybody sees. Okay, it's hard to sum up quickly, but Tom's owner is a racial caricature of the time. Hell, her name is Mammy Two-Shoes. While there were many worse depictions in cartoons, even in Tom and Jerry, admittedly this caricature doesn't have the best history. So in the 60s, they replaced her with a white girl. And I do mean girl, she looks like the babysitter from another Tom and Jerry cartoon. And they switched out the voice with, I think, June Foray. And by God, even though I love June Foray, this is just not as funny. If you want something really confusing, I remember seeing a version of this where it's the white girl with the black woman's voice. A party? At my house? Yeah, it was bizarre. The original voice of Tom's owner is Lillian Randolph, you may remember from It's a Wonderful Life. Years later, Whoopi Goldberg did a really great DVD introduction talking about why erasing her performance, though a caricature, was not the right way to go about it. I definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't before. Removing Mammy Two-Shoes from this collection would be the same as pretending that she never existed. A part of our history that cannot and should not be ignored. I'm definitely not going to pretend I'm an expert in what's ethically right in all this, but I will say Randolph's acting is ten times funnier. And not because of any stereotyping, but because she made us identify with the anger anyone would have had there. Whatever version you see, this has some of the funniest stuff in any Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's zany, violent, musical, imaginative, and with an 11-layer joke, how can that not be high up on a top 11 list? Before I get to number one, it probably goes without saying, there's a ton of great runners-up. All these cartoons are worth checking out once you finish up these episodes. If you've missed any of these, you're missing something really great. With that said, the number one greatest Tom and Jerry episode is... Mouse Trouble. This is the most generic title for the most generic scenario of what should be the most generic episode. But it pulls out, in my opinion, the biggest laughs of any Tom and Jerry short. The premise is so basic. Tom is reading a book about how to trap mice and he tries every one of them on Jerry. That's it. It's the most bare bones Tom and Jerry short you can imagine, but it does it better than any of the previous ones. The timing, sound effects, screams, expressions, it's all done to perfection. If someone has never seen a Tom and Jerry cartoon before, this is the one to show them. One of the best and strangest running jokes started in this one. When the book says a corner mouse never fights and Tom gets beaten up, he says, Don't you believe it? Why did he say it like that? This is a character that barely talks, and out of nowhere, they make him sound like a drunk demon for no reason. It's so strange and random, it feels like a Ren and Stimpy joke. 
Recognize this meme? It also comes from here. To make it funnier, when the gun goes off, he spends the rest of his time with this red toupee. That could work for just the next cutaway joke, but he keeps it throughout the entire thing. That's dedication. The sound editing is some of the best in any of these cartoons, like when he tries to lure Jerry into his mouth with this wind-up toy. Come up and see me sometime. Come up and see me sometime. <laughs> God, that's so good. The frustration builds so much, just losing a tooth after eating that toy is enough to finally push him past his breaking point. There's a bunch of great little details in this, like the names of the romantic restaurant or some of these explosions. And good god, these are the funniest sounds Tom has ever made. <laughs> Bill Hanna famously did all of Tom's screams and yells, and this is hands down the best collection of them. <laughs> it also has, in my opinion, the funniest Tom yell of all time. It's when he sets up a bear trap only to have Jerry place it behind him. And the best thing is, it's broken up into two parts. <laughs> oh my shit. There is so much pain in that yell and the muffle heard through the wall while he's still clearly in pain from that thing. I'm sorry. I achieve comedy nirvana every time I hear this. In fact, play it again. <laughs> you can't get lightning in a bottle, but man, you can record pure joy in a moment. And this is that moment. <laughs> oh shit, I'm coughing. <clears throat> what can I say? This is Tom and Jerry. It's everything Tom and Jerry is. Just a cat trying to catch a mouse done to perfection. There's others that are more artistically pleasing or reveal more character or tell a little bit more of a story, but if you were to say point to the best Tom and Jerry cartoon, the funniest one that also sums up exactly what it is at its core, this has to be my number one choice. It's hilarious, it's hilarious. God damn it, it's hilarious. It is absolute perfection. <laughs> with that said, humor is subjective, so do you agree with my list? If not, what are your all-time favorite Tom and Jerry cartoons? What are some of your favorite all-time Tom and Jerry moments? Let me know in the comments down below and keep reminding people why this iconic duo is still so goddamn funny. I'm the Nostalgia Critic, and I'll be better next week. One more time. Oh, Jesus! Oh, God! So long, cousin. This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing Kids Rank. We've worked with them before, and let me tell you, this is a wonderful organization. Kids Rank engages military-connected children with youth in hands-on skill-building projects and volunteer opportunities designed to encourage resilience through their core pillars, connect, lead, and serve. As a Navy brat myself, it can be hard to move from place to place, and Kids Rank is there to make sure there's always somebody there for them. So if you want a cameo of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. If you're like, nah, I hate you, well, consider checking out this organization anyway. It's wonderful people that do wonderful work. Check them out and either donate, volunteer, or just spread the word about the fantastic things they do.